This is Prayer Room Companion, episode 55, recorded June 1st, 2011. A day in the life of a Catholic seminarian. Welcome to this week in Prayer Room Companion. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and uh, Father Andrew Dickinson is uh, unavailable this week. He is helping with our... Uh, Summer Discipleship Program, Totus Tuus, is a program that we have in our diocese, and uh, he's helping uh, train the uh, the Totus Tuus teachers. So instead, we have with us Deacon, um, Reverend Mr. Thank you. There Reverend you Mr. Yeah, Anthony yeah. Urban. I should uh, <laughs> get that correct because... Um, <laughs> Uh, Reverend Mr. Uh, Urban is a transitional deacon Correct. with the Diocese yep. of Sioux Falls, and uh, we're recording in here on Wednesday, June 1st, and in just over two months, on Thursday, mm-hmm. August 4th, yep. the Feast of St. John Vianney, patron yeah. saint of priests oh, in general? or Parish priests. Parish priests. Yeah, I don't think they've included it for all religious priests, too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he will, God willing, be ordained with mm-hmm. four classmates, so yep. a class of five who will be ordained in our newly restored and uh, rededicated uh, St. Joseph Cathedral here in Sioux Falls. So, welcome to Prairie Rome Companion. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's great to be here. So, what I thought we, last week we had uh, Father Andrew and I talked a little bit about Father Andrew's, his retrospective and his ordination, mm-hmm. and your uh, sort of, your in-between, right, ordained yep. to the transitional diaconate, when was, do you know? May twenty seventh, so 27th. just a little over just a year now. Over a year. Okay. Yep. And uh, and typically for our diocese, of course, last week we had our diaconal ordinations, yep. and typically the priestly ordinations would have been. You should be a priest by now. I, I know my classmates were ordained just a few <laughs> days ago, and it was uh, it was great to be there. But uh, we're, we're we've all been very excited about you know what the cathedral is holding right. for us. You know, just the beautiful art, uh, the beautiful right. uh, just painting. It's especially in the. A lot more uh, light in the building as well. We're just waiting for a lot of that. Uh, we're been patiently waiting too, like all of us have, you know, <laughs> right. for almost two two years now too. Yep. And to be the first class ordained in this, yeah. I'm sure you're fine waiting two months so you can be ordained <laughs> in the new cathedral. Yeah, it, it's you know when we first you know heard about the restoration process, you know, almost you know three or four years ago, we thought, well, it'd be right, right around our ordination time, and. Um, you know, as it you know became more and more you know, clear that it would be our ordination year, uh, we were waiting with grateful anticipation for what's what's to come. Absolutely. So, so you you're you just finished the fourth year of major seminary. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and we'll talk a little bit about that. And, yeah. and now you have just over two months. So um, I guess looking just looking briefly looking mm-hmm. to the immediate future, what do you? Yeah. <laughs> because ordination is two months away. So what do you what do you do in the meantime? Yeah. Uh, right now I'm just living here in Sioux Falls for uh, about a month or so, and then at the end of the month of June I'll start moving into my first assignment, okay. um, which is still be to be announced yet. Okay. Uh, We've been, we were given them uh, about a week ago or so ago, but we're just waiting for um, par- pastors to let people know that, you know, maybe their associate might be leaving or sure. beginning a new priest or something like that. So it's just being sensitive to that yep. uh, aspect. So waiting uh, just to be able to announce a little more uh, broadly throughout the diocese. Okay. But um, right now, I, you know, I mentioned uh, my classmates were just ordained up in Twin Cities. I was able to go up there and witness that and just... Uh, it was great to see, you know, five of them as well for, for the Archdiocese to be ordained and some of them spending, you know, six or eight years together. So right. it's been a great brotherhood um, that we've uh, grown into, uh, especially for those that have been together for eight years. We did college seminary together, right. too. Uh, so we spent almost a third of our lives, you know, studying together, living together and praying together. So it's, it's a very monumental 
time to be able to see that happen in my brother's lives. So how many plenary indulgences did you receive? Oh, uh, it's too hard to count right now. <laughs> so those of you who don't know, the, uh, uh, when, you, uh, uh, when a man is newly ordained to the priesthood, uh, you receive his first, first blessings. blessings yep. um, not literally the first. Um, no, no. The first usually... blessing, you said plural, blessings. Yep, yep. Um, you receive, uh, or that's one of the conditions mm-hmm. uh, for a plenary indulgence along with the other conditions. And sometimes yep. we could have an uh, episode about indulgences. Yep. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so you received a bunch of them because you got the blessings from exactly. them, I'm yep. presuming. Yep. Um, so, so look, all right, so you went to that, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you'll just you'll be in Sioux Falls until your first assignment, yep. um, which we are eagerly anticipating. Because yep. yep. a class of five, this is the... Yeah, the largest class since 2001, yeah, I believe. With, yeah, with, I think there were seven or eight. Eight, okay. Eight yeah, Father Mason and yep. Father uh, Morgan. Morgan. Yeah, yep. quite a few of them. Uh, several, several priests who are celebrating their 10-year anniversary yep. now. Exactly, yeah. So, um, so it's, it's been 10 years since... That, that, yeah, this yeah. will be the largest class in, in 10 years. So that's yeah. exciting. So uh, you're basically bumming around doing nothing for June. Is uh, not really. You know, <laughs> I, was, I was, you know, helping with the diaconate ordinations last week. Right. Um, you know, just being able to see, you know, two more deacons be ordained for the diocese is a, is a great event. And, mm-hmm. and getting to know those guys over the past few years as well uh, has been great as well. So, uh, but, you know, other plans, um, you know, seeing family, um, you know, it's, you know, not really my last time available, but. Um, the next couple of months will be very busy with transitioning into a, an assignment and right. uh, all the new things that come along with it. Yep. So. And then, it's, like you said, July 1st, you yep. start the July 1st assignment. will be the, the first day. Um, so. Uh, so obviously, you'll be a deacon still yep. for about a month, yep. uh, and then you'll be ordained as a priest. Yep. So I'm, I'm guessing I'll be preaching a lot of homilies for the, <laughs> the, the, the present pastor to give him a little bit of a break, maybe, or um, and just... Whatever, you know, just jump in, uh, you know, head first, you know, yep. just to learn as much as I can. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So now that, that's sort of the, the immediate future. Now looking to the nearly immediate past, you mentioned yeah, yeah. the brothers and so So you went to St. Paul Seminary in St. Paul, right. Minnesota. Yeah, I spent um, four years there. And before that, you were at sort of the, I don't know, it's the uh, affiliated college, institution. Yeah, <laughs> the University of St. Thomas is the kind of the parent corporation per se. Okay, and you yeah. were at in, in college seminary there at St. John Vianney Seminary. Yep. yep. So you've been uh, in in St. Paul for the last eight years, correct? For yep. college and then major seminary. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so how did you get there? How did you get? How did you end up? So what's a little bit about your vocation? Yeah, story? definitely. Um, I think you know during my senior uh, high school. Well, back up maybe a little bit further. Um, I think. You know, early on in high school, um, just being able to go on some different retreat experiences, I was able to go to um, the National Catholic Youth Conference. I think that was done in Indianapolis that year. I guess that might have been my junior year, but just experiencing, um, you know, the Steubenville conferences, you know, up in the Twin Cities. I think I was able to go to one in Ohio as well. So youth conferences were a big part of it. Um, so a lot of it was just, getting, you know, you know, learning my faith and just coming, kind of coming into it on my own too, uh, developing a prayer life. Um so that, that was one part of it. And I think another part of it, my vocation story is that I've been in Catholic education since I was in preschool. So, yeah. you know, starting at the St. Joseph Interparish Preschool and, you know, going to St. Mary's pre- or for elementary school and stuff like that. Uh, finally finishing up at O'Gorman, you know, just being immersed in the faith, uh, receiving the sacraments regularly. Uh, that was a big part mm-hmm. uh, of my vocation story, too. You know, just being saturated in the faith, really. Right. Um, you know, you got to experience priests. uh you know, tons of different priests too at that. At that, um, then also I think another thing that really helped uh, along the path was 
Bishop Carlson, now Archbishop in St. Louis. Um, he hosted a couple of Operation Andrew dinners at his residence, and that was a great time for me to just get to know other priests uh, and their vo- their own vocation stories, just to hear you know, how you know how different everyone is, you know, in their own discernment of of a, of a, of a vocation. Um, so that's kind of what led up to it, and then. So were you in high school at that point? High school, or, yeah. Okay, okay. And then, okay. um, so this is kind of all, all throughout my, probably my sophomore, junior year high school. And, you started thinking about the possibility, yeah, and I just um, you know since I you know grew up here in Sioux Falls, it was really easy to get uh, to some of these events and stuff like that. Is you know go to the bishop's house, you know, it was a you know ten minute drive. But um, then I think my senior year, I, you know, I started applying for different schools, and um, you know I think I applied to SDSU and USD and. Didn't really know what was going to come out of it, and uh, seminary was still in my heart. It was just kind of on the back burner. Uh, you know, other things had come into my life, and um, you know, different possibilities came up. So, um, you know, I was, had applied and got accepted to, to a couple different schools, and you know, decision time came. You know, the spring semester of my senior year, and uh, you know, the thought of seminary came came on really strong. Ooh. So, I ended up visiting with Father uh, Jim Mason. He was the vocation director at the time, and. Um, Lo and behold, he had a packet of applications ready for me. You know, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready quite yet for that. I was just wanting to talk about it, and uh, I can still remember him talking, taking me around the chancery. You know, telling you know, and then you know, saying that I would be studying for them as a as a seminary the next year. And they took me over to Bishop Carlson's house and introduced me and you know said the same thing. He's this is Anthony Urban. He's going to be studying for us next year. I was like, really? I, I, <laughs> I am. I, yeah, exactly. I, I didn't know this happened already, but uh, yeah, it, you know, just it was a. But it made me really think about that possibility. You know, I could be a seminarian. You know, at this time next year, even within a few months, uh, it's a very real possibility. And you know, I went home, thought about it, and prayed definitely over it, and um, said, you know, why wait right now? I thought. Right. At one point in my life, I'd be in seminary, you know, either maybe after a couple of years of college, maybe transfer in or, um, you know, maybe after graduating from college. But, you know, why wait at that moment? You know, that's kind of the feeling of my heart. So I uh, applied and everything went well. I was able to enter the college seminary the next, you know, in, in the fall right after high school. So mm-hmm. it was uh, God's God's way of showing me, you know, you know, this this is the right time for you. Uh, do it right now. Um, don't hold back. Okay. So okay. it's. Um, you know, along those times, you know, there's difficulties and, you know, kind of going through seminary, but, you know, God's peace was always there. Um, that never left, uh, you know, whatever difficulties came up, right. it was easy to rely more on God, you know, than, than myself then. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So that's sort of getting you into seminary. Right, so, right. so college seminary, basically, I mean, I think a lot of people who, who not know, you don't study theology. Not, not, yeah, not, not at that point. Yeah. So philosophy. Philosophy is the the main uh, degree that all, all the seminarians get now. It's part of the program for priestly formation. It's what the what really the whole church you know kind of goes by is what uh, what kind of training you know priests your you know candidates for priesthood really need uh, to be able to study theology. So it's talking about um, you know go through lots of different types of philosophy. You know all the all the historical you know so going through. You know, ancient philosophy, modern, contemporary, uh, medieval, um, and then different, you know, different things within that. Because it helps us, philosophy really helps uh, the mind, you know, be able to approach theology right. w- with, a, with a good mindset, you know, to be, be critical in a way, too. Philosophy is called, some, sometimes called the handmaiden of theology. Exactly. Yep. Uh, in order to do theology well, you, really, you need to think well. Yep. And that's part of what philosophy is about. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, logic is a big part of, you know, that's, that's one of the first... Cl- classes we really took and logic really helps us, you know, kind of categorize things or, 
you know, put out arguments and, you know, within theology or sometimes you sometimes are arguing about different things. So it's absolutely, um, you know, present it well or, you know, be able to take things apart and put it back together too. Right. Yeah. So, so in other words, once you're ordained a priest, you will never make an illogical statement. Uh, I don't know about that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah. so you get a philosophy under uh, a degree, right. a, a ba- be a bachelor of arts yep. in philosophy. Yep. Uh, and then you go on what's called major seminary. Yep. Um, sometimes you first theology, just think of that. That's because yep. this is now in four, first, second, third, fourth theology. We're exactly. actually studying theology. Yep. Exactly. I mean, I took maybe two or three theology courses just, as a core requirements for my degree as an undergrad, but you know, ever since you know, ever since then, I haven't really you know, everything as I've been studying has been theology, whether it's scripture, uh, sacraments, you know, church history, um, you know, di- different um, kind of what we call practicums, you know, go- going through marriage prep, you know, how to prepare a couple for marriage well, um, you know, different things like that, you know, you know, learning how to you know do the sacraments well. Uh, all those are practicums which we you know practice, re- read through the rites pretty. Pretty hard, and uh, make sure we're we're doing it right. When you say the rites, what are you referring to? Uh, you know, the different sacraments. Um, so, for example, this past semester, uh, we had a course called liturgical presidency, and one of the classes was uh, parts of the classes was we heard mock confessions with our classmates, with a priest standing in, you know, sitting in mm-hmm. just to hear how we handled the situations and uh, what kind of. You know, how our pastoral advice was, and uh, maybe what we could do better too. So, did you? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so you you both were a uh, con. Uh, I was the uh, confess. Uh, I was the the priest hearing the confessions and also the penitent. The penitent. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, were you did the did the did the priest professor tell you at, when you were pretending to be the penitent yeah. what to, what sort of sins yeah, to confess to, yeah. so your your brother seminarians could. Yeah, we had scenarios that were written out. So, you know, some were easier than others. You know, some, you know, it could have been like a, you know, a boy that stole a candy bar from the, you know, okay. the grocery line or something like that. And, you know, get the more serious ones where, um, you know, some, maybe somebody's been away from the church for, mm-hmm. you know, a decade or so. Then you have to really kind of learn how to ask the right questions, too, to help people kind of, right. uh, you know, figure out, you know, where their, where their sin is and, you know, maybe help them to see that a little bit easier too. And I think, you know, for, for, for the typical Catholic, maybe th- thinking about confession yeah. and, and if you don't go regularly, it can be sort of intimidating. Yeah. Um, so to me, that's one reason to go often because yeah. it's intimidating. <laughs> but I think if, if thinking about it, um, you just sort of presume the, uh-huh, uh-huh, the priest, yeah. uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, for your penance, do three Marys, three, but no, there's a lot more going on than. Yeah. You know, we're trying to, you know, one of the, one of the things, one of the questions, one of the books always asked us to ask was, um, "Why is this person here? You know, what right. what do they really want in the sacrament?" And you can really ask that with other sacraments too. Why, why do we come to mass? Sure. Why do we? Yep. Uh, why do we believe in the anointing of the sick, etc.? Um, so we can really ask that. Why is this person here right now and right here in front of me? Um, what do they need from me? What do they need from God? More more, right. more importantly, too. So, and then this is talking about the practicums um, sort of uh, raised a point that I, I think is worth making. Yeah, yeah. Seminary, seminary is more than just theology classes. I mean, I had, yeah. I, you know, with, with many of our now priests, you know, Father Jim Mason, Father yeah, right. Jim P. Morgan, um, I took the same academic courses they did mm-hmm. and, and some more for the doctorate. Right, right. Um, but they, there's a lot more to seminary than just academic formation. It is, yeah, it's, you know, receiving the theory and then also putting that theory into application. That's what we do in those practicums. You know, we've... Right. You know, you know, reading through scripture, you know, we do that for a purpose, you know, not only for personal knowledge for homilies and, and teaching, but also for the confessional. It can be great. Uh, there's so many scripture verses that bring consolation at different moments. And the confessional is one point uh, where that is really, really helpful. So, right. Uh, 
So, uh, so what else do you what what else do you do in seminary <clears throat> besides the academic mm -hmm. uh, theology classes and the classroom? So, yeah, and and things like the practicum. Uh, you know, the, you know, really uh, another thing the program for priestly formation really puts forth is four pillars of formation. So we just named one was uh, the intellectual pillar of formation. The others uh, are you know the in, uh, pastoral. Uh, spiritual and then human. Okay. You know, so spiritual formation is really um, our commitment to daily prayer, uh, mm -hmm. to praying the liturgy of the hours, to a daily holy hour, and uh, spiritual reading too. And, and you know, outside of that, um, also going to spiritual direction regularly. Um, and then you know, another part is uh, the human formation. So making sure that you know, what, you know, we're good presenters. You know, that we can um, we can you know, you know meet people where they're at. You know. Uh, different situations bring out about different emotions. So being able to kind of see, you know, where I am too, uh, when a person comes in with maybe a difficult marriage or somebody's just lost a loved one or, you know, just how to kind of receive them and, um, you know, emotionally respond, you know, to them as, as, an, as another human person. And then the pastoral is really kind of a combination of everything. You know, it's, you know, the, the spiritual formation, intellectual formation, and, you know, the human formation really kind of, Manifests itself in the pastoral formation, in the pastoral side. Um, you know, so pastoral side, you know, really took place in my teaching parish, uh, which I was in for four years. Okay. So, what, uh, what do you mean with the teaching parish? Teaching parish. Um, you know, early on in our first year of theology, we uh, get a teaching parish assignment, which we'll have for all four years that we're there, uh, and we have different kind of uh, focuses uh, during during those four years. So, one semester might be education, so we'll be in the classrooms with the kids or helping with RCIA or uh, other adult education opportunities or, you know, whatever's going on in the parish mm -hmm. to plug into it and, you know, get experience with it. Um, another side of it is, you know, it might be the uh, pastoral care of the sick. Uh, so going to nursing homes, uh, being able to be present for anointings or uh, help with maybe funeral preparation or, you know, some, something like that where uh, it's a different facet of priestly life. So, you know, by the end of, you know, those eight semesters, you know, those four years, we've been able to have a lot of experience in a lot of different areas. So. Right. You know, it prepares us a little bit more, uh, maybe a little bit better too, for what's to come in priestly life too. One of the just uh, ironic things to me was the the, um, and we've talked about this before. Yeah, yeah. Your teaching parish was the parish that my my godmother, my dad's my aunt, my dad's oldest sister, yeah. um, went to for years and years and years. Yeah. When she used to be a school teacher in Anoka. Yeah. Uh, so that just that, I got a kick out of that when you told me that. Yeah. Um, you know, going back to spiritual formation, mm -hmm. um, and and you as a. You're committed. I, I don't think you make explicit promises, but as uh, by virtue of your ordination mm -hmm. to the diaconate, to have, the diaconate, yeah. you are committed to praying uh, in the liturgy of the hours, right, right. the office of readings, Correct. morning prayer, mm -hmm. one of the daytime hours, yep. evening prayer, and night prayer. Yep. Yeah. Right? So five, five, five of the hours. hours. Yep. So there, and, and just. For, for those who may not be familiar, so during the day, there's mid-morning, mid-day, and mid-afternoon. Mm -hmm. Of those, you, you're only obligated to pray one. Correct, yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, and then holy, so what's a holy hour? Holy hour, um, usually, you know, our, both of the seminaries I was able to attend, they had holy hours in the morning, um, usually, you know, starting at 6 or, you know, maybe 7 a.m. Um, with an hour of Eucharistic adoration. And, and a holy hour can be done at, you know, other times, you know, throughout the day, too, but it was such a great way to start the day off with an hour in front of our Lord to pray, uh, to be quiet in front of him and, you know, really, you know, maybe, you know, start with, you know, maybe doing some Lexio Divina or, or, you know, just maybe some quick spiritual reading and then just kind of, you know, see, see if something really stuck out for us to reflect on and 
um, you know, see where the Lord was, you know, speaking to us at that moment. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be, you know, in front of the exposed Eucharist. It can be you know, right. in any church, any anywhere. So tabernacle. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So do you do you? I, I think it's common, but I don't. You can mm-hmm. clarify at least for for the, your your own personal practice to uh, during the holy hour often pray one of the hours. Exactly. Know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, either you know, at the beginning beginning or end. You yeah. know, it's a um, it's a great way. You know, just to. You know, you know, pray with pray with the church. You know, during that time as well, because um, you know, somewhere, somewhere, somewhere throughout the world, somebody's praying the liturgy of the hours. You can be guaranteed of that. Yep. So to you know, to participate in that, you know, in front of the Eucharist is a is a great blessing too. Uh, to, and any, what what sort of spiritual reading have you or do you do? Yeah, you um, usually um, I always try and try and be reading a, one of the a biography of the saints or you know an autobiography. Um, then usually something dealing with, with sacred scripture, you know, either either commentary or, um, you know, just maybe you know a book about the Psalms, or, you know, just you know be praying along with it as I pray the liturgy of the hours, or, um, or you know, just you know different spiritual, or, you know, different books about the priesthood, you know, yeah. that, you know, just for, for my own you know prayer and reflection about you know where I'm at in my life, you know, where I'm heading, and um, and, and then. With the um, the experience, or you know, what what the your priest formators, the priests mm-hmm. in seminary, told you, and your own yep. experience, um, the summers you've during the okay, yeah, talk about yeah. that. What do you do during the summer in seminary? During the summers, um, you know, for the past few years, I've been in parish placements. Um, during college seminary, I participated in, in Totus Tuus, which you had mentioned at yep. the beginning of the program, with uh, you know, going throughout the diocese and putting on different uh, you know you know camps down at Broomtree, but also. Uh, helping in individual parishes to put on, you know, almost a parish mission for the kids. Right. Yep. Um, so that was, you know, kind of what I did during college. But uh, in, in the summers in uh, major seminary in my years of theology, I've been in parishes. So I've been able to be in Millbank up in the northeast corner. Uh, I was here in uh, Sioux Falls at St. Catherine Drexel uh, one summer. And then last year as, uh, as a deacon, I was in Sacred Heart in Aberdeen. Okay. Uh, so, you know, and those... Each of those brought different things. You know, last year I was finally able to preach uh, daily masses and Sunday masses and uh, help prepare, you know, couples for baptism, you know, for the childs or for their children. And then uh, also help help with a few weddings and funerals, too. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. so you had those assignments. So you, so you and, and you typically live with the pastor? Yep, exactly. Priests? Yeah, live live in the rectory with the pastor. Uh, you, you just be, be, you know, kind of shadowing him, too, to a certain extent. You know, when you go to hospital to a, you do an anointing or... Um, yeah, you know, whatever circumstances come up, you know, you know, go with the pastor. Yeah, you know, that's what you're there for to right. learn. And um, you know, usually that priest has you know been ordained you know five, ten years maybe too, and he has some good wisdom to impart to us too. Right. So, so, yeah. so you you've seen what what Father Andrew and I have talked about before mm-hmm. that you know priests don't just work on weekends. Exactly. Uh, the, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the life of a priest is is very demanding. Mm-hmm. So how how do they prepare you to maintain, especially the the spiritual practices, the prayer, the holy hour, yeah. spiritual? How how do they, how are you you know any tips, strategies, whatever they give you, yeah. concrete ideas, um, or is it just a matter of resolving? To do it, it's, it's a little bit of both. I mean, you know, there has to be a resolve there, you know, day in and day out. Um, I remember, you know, somebody t- uh, telling a story about a priest. You know, he'd been ordained for you know maybe forty or fifty years, and somebody asked him, you know, when did you just decide to be a priest? And he said, this morning. You know, so you know, as, <laughs> as right. you, know, you know, each and every day that that renewal has to come. So, um, and I think you know another part of it too. You know, some of the habits that I've been able to form over the years. 
you know, college seminary having that holy hour each and every morning, uh, you know, kind of led me into major seminary wanting to have that holy hour. It yeah. wasn't, it was just kind of, you know, that habit that got formed early on uh, helped, you know, kind of, it was easy to maintain. You know, you, you really, you know, sometimes you have to fight for it. You know, if, if you're sick or whatever, you really have to fight for that. So um, making sure that that is a, you know, a key point of, of the day, maybe even the hinge of the whole day that mm-hmm. you know, everything kind of relies on, you know, did I get to mass today? Did I get, did I get a holy hour in too? You know, to, so and it, from your experience in witnessing mm-hmm. or hearing uh, are, are, are newly ordained priests generally able to generally able to maintain that then or is that is that something that's it sounds like a yeah. big struggle from what you've yeah, seen or heard you know that that holy hour time might change you know from sure. one time to another you know maybe throughout the whole week or you know it's you know depending on you know what comes up you know if, if you have a family that's just lost lost a loved one you're gonna have to mold your time around around that right. situation so uh, being cognizant of that, um, you really have to take into account you know, what what is going on in the parish. You know, um, and at the same time, um, you know, it's it's just a it's it is you know kind of that that mentality. You know, I have fight for that holy hour. You know, whether it comes in the afternoon, whether it comes right before I go to bed, make sure that that's a, a part of the day. So um, it's. It is what it is with it is when, when those when those things come up. So and I think you know that's I mean the. the uh, there's priests who are in religious life obviously mm-hmm. have d- different sort of demands yeah, and expect- yeah. but at the same time one of the benefits for them is at least those who live in community yeah. um, that's just part of yeah, it's the consistency the yeah when the bell rings you go to the chapel and exactly. it's, time, it's time for prayer yeah. whereas as, as for parish priests whether they're religious or not the yeah, yeah. priests who are in parishes generally speaking I think yeah, yeah. certainly diocesan um, you know it's you have to be have that flexibility mm-hmm. at least built in yeah uh-huh. So, what are you, um, what are you most looking forward to about becoming Gosh. a priest and, and and priestly ministry? Yeah, um, I think you know one thing. I, I, yeah. I'm guessing it's the money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's that's why I'm, I've been in it for eight years yeah. just for that. Um, <laughs> can tell how sar- sarcastic I am right now. <laughs> but uh, I think um, you know you know one thing we've always been joking about in the seminary is you know. We always had to look for mass, you know, somewhere, you know, right. you know, you know, what time is mass at the local parish or what time is mass at the seminary right now? Um, you know, I don't have to worry about that in right. a couple months, you know, <laughs> so I, you know, but it's, you know, at the same time, you know, I really do look forward to, you know, getting to know, know the people in the parish, mm-hmm. uh, being able to be there, for, you know, be able to bring, you know, the sacraments to them when they're in most, in most need. Um, I can think of a, a couple times, you know, maybe not even sacraments, but just consolation, you know, just... You know, just you know, even even being present when you know something bad has happened. Uh, a couple of years ago, when I was at St. Catherine Drexel, we had a couple of stillborn births within a week of each other. You know, so you know, you know, experiencing those. Um, you know, being with the pastor at the time was, uh, he, you know, is one of the worst situations I've experienced. You know, just as, as a human person. You know, just um, you know, to see the loss of you know of a little one when. You know, hadn't been born yet. It wasn't a miscarriage, um, but just you know the the peace that f- the pastor was able to bring to that family, um, and you know just and then you know the next week another one happening. You know same thing happening all over again. So being able to bring that hopefully some consolation in those dark moments, um, but also just um, you know being able to celebrate the mass. You know hear confessions each week. Uh, I really look forward to that. that those moments. Um, Part of it, you know, comes from my own experiences in the confessional, you know, as a, as a penitent, 
experiencing God's mercy and wanting to be a vessel of that mm-hmm. in, in people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same with the mass, you know, being, being able to, you know, growing in my relationship with, with Jesus in, in the Eucharist and then being able to bring that to people right. uh, in the mass or, you know, if they're homebound, be able, being able to bring that to them uh, and, and, you know, within a, a visit or something like that too. Right. Huh. So. Uh, and so do you, we were talking about this a little bit before we start recording. You, you, one thing, uh, tradition, I think, well, almost <laughs> universally, is newly ordained priests have holy cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so talk a little bit about your holy card. Yeah, uh, for... Uh, you know, it's one thing, it's something I've been thinking about for quite a while. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that unique that we get to do. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's almost, you know, part, part of the ordination ceremony is it's almost, you know, it, it to a certain extent, it's, it's our wedding day. It's where right. we finalize our vows and, uh, we, you know, begin our vocation in a more complete way. Not, not the diaconate year hasn't been, but, um, the image I chose for the Holy card was it's an image of blessed John the 23rd. Um, he was the Pope that instituted the Second Vatican Council in the early 1960s, uh, but he passed away before that was finished. Uh, aside from that, um, I was able to pick up his autobiography um, probably about three or four years ago at a used bookstore. It was on sale for maybe four or five, four or five dollars, and it was an easy sell for me just to pick it up and start reading. And um, you know, reading about his life, his early life, and um, it's, he had very holy aspirations. You know, just always wanting to love and serve the Lord with. With his whole, you know, with his whole self, so it's a great model. And then for him as um, a seminary or seminary, and then young priest, and then teaching in the seminary again. And um, he taught in seminary. He, he taught. I think he taught church history okay. uh, in the seminary. Yeah. So uh, you know, hearing about you know his lectures a little bit, and you know, just kind of what, what was on his mind, and then uh, eventually um, being made a bishop and serving uh, in the propaganda fide, so in, in missionary territories, you know, throughout the world. Uh, so he was in um, he was in Paris for a little while as, as well in Venice. Um, his first assignment is slipping is slipping my mind right now, but uh, just his witness and then um, you know reading his autobiography and his reflections on the Rosary on uh, different prayers that he wrote too has just been very uh, just very fascinating and uh, it really caught my attention as well. So uh, he's going to be an image of him on the front. Exactly. And then uh, on the back, uh, it'll just have some information, you know, when I was ordained, um, August 4th, obviously, the uh, feast day of St. John Vianney, patron of uh, parish priests. Then a uh, quote from uh, Blessed John the 23rd, um, it goes, uh, I've uh, looked upon your eyes with my eyes, and I've placed my heart near your heart. And he's speaking these words to Jesus. Uh, so kind of kind of like uh, the beloved disciple in John's Gospel you know, resting his head on our Lord's chest, you know, listening to his heart. Um, it's been, it's, it's a great way to kind of sum up Blessed John's life. And also, you know, for my aspiration, that's hopefully that might be said of me someday. Um, when, you know, one of my days are nearing an end um, that, you know, I was a person who listened to the heart of Christ mm. and served with the heart of Christ too. Yeah. So, and then uh, also, uh, yeah, there's scripture quote uh, from, uh, Acts chapter 20, um, it's Paul talking about, you know, uh, just his mission of the mission that he received from Jesus is the one that he wants to complete, you know, to to the nth degree. And he doesn't want to leave anything behind or hold anything back from uh, from ministering to people. So that's the scripture quote that I picked as well. So okay. it's it's within, a, uh, you know, just, I think it's within a, a speech or a homily that 
he had been giving in the Acts of the Apostles. So, so no, the, the interesting thing is you'll already yeah. be at your first assignment when you're exactly, there. Yeah, yeah. So in one of the out of the comments, we said, talked about first blessings and mm-hmm. so on, um, and, and it's common for um, a newly ordained priest, his first mass, the first mass mm-hmm. at which he presides. Yep. Um, because you'll kind of celebrate, right? At my first mass. At, your, at, at uh, I mean, at the, the ordination mass. Right, right, right. But you'll be the the celebrant. Correct, yeah. of So, so that, that's the first mass. Um, so will that be in your home parish? Yep, it'll be at St. Mary's here in Sioux Falls, uh, you know, right on right by 26th Street, just south of there a little bit. And then um, it'll actually be the first Friday of the month, so I'll be celebrating okay. the uh, votive mass of the Sacred Heart. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I've been... Uh, really, uh, kind of, it's always been one of my favorite liturgies in, in the whole church, uh, whole church here. And it's, it's, we'll celebrate the solemnity of the Sacred Heart in you know, a few weeks. Uh, but each, you know, first Friday, we're able to celebrate uh, the votive mass of the Sacred Heart if, if it, uh, the schedule permits. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so you'll celebrate your first mass at St. Mary's yep. on August 5th. Yep. And then you'd go back to your... Yeah, I think there'll, there'll be a little of a interim, you know, maybe a little bit of a, of a you know, retreat time or vac- oh, vacation right after that. There will be, um, okay. Just okay. to kind of... Because that's the typical thing is after yeah. ordination, you have yeah. a little time, but because yeah. you'll already be in your site. Yeah. Okay. yeah, it's a little bit different situation this year with the cathedral, et cetera. So, okay, okay. Yeah, but um, yeah, it'd be weird, you know, to... You know, Celebrate the first mass and then go right back to the parish, parish you know, right. that weekend. Um, right, right, right. But uh, Bishop has been, you know, you know, pretty helpful in giving us some time to be able to kind of let this soak in and right. you know, really, uh, really receive what's what's going to happen in a couple of months. So, so regardless, though, you'll you'll be uh, entering back into uh, parish ministry much yeah. sooner than is typical. Yeah, He's, exactly. Yeah, usually, you know, if I would have been ordained, you know, just last Friday on uh, you know, the 28th, it would have been, I think. Um, or the 27th. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd have a whole month off and then right. start my assignment July 1st, but, yeah. uh, it's kind of flip flopped right now. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Very good. So anything else that you, uh, think that people might be interested to hear? Um, I just, it's, um, I'm looking forward to, you know, just, you know, eight years of preparation is a, is a long time to prepare for something. Um, and it's all worth it. Yeah. At moments, you know, seminary was very difficult. You know, there are times when I was ready to leave and, you know, get up and go, but um, for one reason or another, God you know, had different designs for me. So I'm glad I was able to listen. Um, that's one thing that um, you know, part of discerning a vocation is all about is listening, listening right. to uh, the voices, you know, the, the the voice of our Lord, but also uh, listening to ourselves too. You mm-hmm. know, where are we going to find our happiness, mm-hmm. and um, that's ultimately where our, our vocation lies. Is you know, what will bring us happiness and what will bring us uh, closer to God as well. And I, yeah. I'm really, I, I know that we're sort of concluding here, but I'm, yeah. I'm really glad you made that point because I, you know, God speaks to us through our heart and through our exactly. desires. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so, you know, I think a lot of people thinking about the, the priesthood and, mm-hmm. you know, li- a life of celibacy and so on, but yeah. it must just be tough, but they just got it up. But that's, that's what you've been called to. That's mm-hmm. as you, that's where your happiness yep. will be. So, yep. I mean that it's it's. I mean certainly every vocation has its challenges. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But but that's. I mean that's. You are called to the priesthood. And that's what's going to. That's what you. That's what you're supposed to do. But because it's what you're supposed to do, it's what's going to bring you fulfillment. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I remember my parents tell me. You know, when I was thinking about college or you know jobs and stuff like that, I remember them saying, you know, the job you'll love the mo- you'll do the best at is the job you'll love the most right. too. And that and I find that very true. You know, as I approach. August 4th, you know, growing in love with, you know, the people of South Dakota, 
uh, the parishes, the rural life, uh, just growing in love with, you know, so many different facets of priestly ministry. Um, I look forward to that. You know, it's, you know, like I said, it's something I've, we've been preparing for, for maybe eight years of our life. Um, and we haven't taken it lightly either. So it's something we, we uh, feel we're in a way ready for. Uh, and, you know, there, there'll be tons of learning experiences in you know, the next, you know, a few months and years, et cetera. So, so yeah. August 4th is approaching you and yeah. four other men. Is it just as we conclude here? So uh, who are the other, who are your brothers and right. who uh, will be ordained as well? Yep. Uh, uh, Deacon Jordan Sampson, he's from Eden, uh, Roslyn area, up in the north, northeastern part of the diocese. Uh, Jonathan Venner from uh, Pierre, South Dakota. Uh, Chris Pierre, Kalt. for those of you yeah. who may not be yeah, from yeah. South Dakota. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the capital I, yeah. of our fair state. Yeah, I just heard that a couple of days ago. Somebody <laughs> tried to correct me. You know, it's Pierre. No, 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 it's, no Pierre. it's Pierre. Um, <laughs> uh, and then uh, Christopher Collins from Yankton, South Dakota. And then uh, Russell Holmick, originally from Detroit, Michigan. Uh, so he, he's... Uh, been studying for the diocese for uh, I think probably about uh, six years now. So, so certainly keep uh, all these been in your prayers as they definitely uh, approach this yeah. beautiful day for them. So yeah. congratulations in advance. Thank God you. willing, you're yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, And uh, we'll be back again next week uh, with another episode of Prayer Room Companion. Thanks for listening and God bless you.